In today's show, we look back at Wednesday's action. There were 10 games on. DeMarta Rosen got hurt. Joel Embiid sort of got hurt, but maybe didn't. Carl Anthony Towns returned. A lot of stuff to talk about. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're 10 games on today, so we've got a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. As we sort of expected yesterday, Paul George's regular season is done. Woj and the team tweeting out, uh, two to three weeks with a knee sprain. Yeah, there's two and a half weeks left in the regular season. So don't worry about it. Like, that's done. He's out. He's not playing again this regular season. Um, there's some doubt from medical people and from me, to be honest, that he's even ready to go, whether it's the play-in or the playoffs. At the start there, I think the two to three feels very um, optimistic. And with him out, I think they'll start Eric Gordon. I think Terrence Mann gets the biggest lift. He goes from probably 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Gordon goes from 28 to 32. You're going to get more Marcus Morris. You're going to get more Nick Batum. You're probably going to get a little bit more Bob Covington. And that's all while Norman Powell is out. Then he returns later on and yeah, mucks it up even further. And I don't think that Gordon or Mann become absolute must-roster guys. Maybe they can be top 120 players. Maybe, but I think it's there. The value in them is probably going to clog up a roster spot more than what a value of holding that spot open for streaming is. No problem adding them, right? Go and do it if you need to. Take a flyer there. Gordon's a points and threes guy. Man can get a few more assists and probably a few more defensive stats. Totally okay, right? But they're not game changing sort of situations with uh, with Kawhi. It'll help Russ as well, but it might also hurt Russ in terms of more volume for bad percentages and more t- turnovers in that sort of situation. Which again, can be bad, can be good. We've got an update on Zion's timetable. He's done for the regular season as well. Like there's another two weeks there for Zion. Same as Jose Alvarado, he's two to three weeks. Another two weeks for Zion puts him about two days before the end of the regular season. So yeah, like he's just not coming back in the regular season. Hopefully we get to see the Pelicans in the playoffs, but this has just been a disaster situation for Zion. A hamstring pull in January, and we are going to be almost four months for him to return. It didn't even look bad. You see bad hamstrings. That one did not look bad. So yes, I'm always be cautious on hamstrings. Take two to three weeks always. But that didn't look like a big one. So that is a massive concern when an injury, we we haven't heard grade two, grade three. Grade three hamstring strains usually require surgery. So I don't think it was that. So I don't know what it is. Really frustrating to have that sort of timetable on this for Zion. And then... As is the the way, is the credo for the Charlotte Hornets, Mark Williams is out with that thumb issue. Oh, hi, Mark. As they always do, they wait and they just say, oh, he's out for the game. Give us an update, you stingered bastards. Is he actually out for the season? I believe he is, but they will not tell us. Remember that guy that you've got on your team called Cody Martin? Any chance of anyone telling us anything about that situation? 
after he had knee surgery, came back for three games and we haven't seen him since? Any chance at all? Any chance you want to misdiagnose or misreport a player's injury like you did with Gordon Haywood? Maybe? I don't know. We still roll with Big Dick Nick Richards because there's three games in four nights here for the Hornets. And again, I do not believe that Mark Williams is coming back this season. I base that on nothing outside of the fact that this team is going nowhere. He has a thumb sprain, which means ligament damage in that thumb. And they don't need to rush him back and they give us no information. So, yep, there we go. Is Williams going to play? I don't know. I don't know. But I just don't assume that he's going to play. Maybe he will come back at some point. But you know what? We just don't know because that is how cool they are. As an organization, absolute legends there over in Charlotte. Um, I think that's about all in terms of news we're going to talk about. We're going to get straight into the games. We did the waiver wire show earlier today. Well, let's just talk about these games. First one up was the Denver Nuggets, the Will Barton bowl that he never plays for, neither of them, the Monte Morris revenge game as Denver goes into Washington and gets the victory. Um, rather comfortably, 118-104, the final score here. Big Chungus, love starting off a recap with Big Chungus. Big, big chungus, big chungus, big, big, big. 31, 12, and 7 with three steals on 75% shooting. That's, that's, a, that's actually an absurd game. And we just, it just sort of fades into the background. It's ridiculous. Maga Porter Jr. had 21 and 7 with six triples and two steals. And the headmaster had 17, 6, and 8 on good shooting. Great games from all their good guys. They've got one more game this week. You hold Jokic for sure. You hold Murray. You probably hold Porter. But one game in four nights, if it's the end of your regular or end of your playoffs, you might be able to do better than that. And you definitely cast aside Aaron Gordon, who had 12 and 1. You cast aside Bruce Brown, who had 14 and 6. The old shark. Baby shark do, 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 do. And you definitely get KCP all the way out of there. Six points, 29 minutes. Get that garbage out of here! 22% shooting. After that ludicrous hot streak that he was on. And he featured on one of the buy low sell highs. He is now back outside the top 120 for the season. He's 241st over the last week. He had four assists. Cool. But everything else has turned to shit. He was leading the NBA in three-point shooting for a big chunk of the season. And I, uh, I don't believe that's the case anymore. Tom Bryant was out of the rotation again. Reggie Jackson couldn't even get garbage time minutes. Shout out to their um, trade deadline acquisitions. While we had Jeff Green, I think, go for his third consecutive game without getting a single rebound. 11 points with nothing else there for the Wizards. Kuzma was out, and I expect him out for the rest of this week. And then, out of nowhere, Bradley Beal was out with knee soreness. Are they packing it in? There's a few things that might suggest yes. A, Kuzma's ankle is a legitimate injury. Beal, knee soreness? Soreness. Soreness is always your bullshit indicator. What does that mean? That came out of nowhere. And then, Porzingis played 22 minutes. Was it because he was in foul trouble? No. Well, he had three fouls, but, I mean, come on. Was he hurt? I don't think so. It was a back-to-back, -back, so fair enough. But he had 25 points in 22 minutes, and they just said, sorry, mate. You're not coming back in. 25-3-2. Watch this space. Denny Avdia, 32 minutes. That is two games in a row of insane shooting. 16-8-6. Now, one thing that I will say for Avdia is that when Beal has been out, he takes on a playmaking role, and we see that here. Six assists, eight rebounds. The shooting, forget it. It's not real. He's still low usage. The shooting is fake. Nobody is an 80% shooter at all, let alone a wing player who can't shoot like Denny Avdia. So that stuff is fake. The minutes might remain solid, the assists, if Beal remains out, will be good. And he is worth a look because if they are actually packing guys in, then there is something there for Avdia. But these last two games have been extraordinarily outsized. Dan Gafford got a lot of minutes. He didn't do anything with him. 29 minutes, 6 and 5 with a block. That's shit else. I still think he's worth a hold, but man, it is getting really tough. And the same with Delon Wright, who actually got more minutes in this one, 21 minutes. 
had two blocks, had seven and four. But I wish they'd just play him the minutes that they should. Monte Morris fell back to earth, eight, two, and five with two steals. So all in all, we just cannot rely upon his playing time. Went from 31 down to 25 minutes there. While uh, Corey Kispert, if you don't hit shots, you're no good to us. That is, again, we always want to stress that problem. And we'll talk about it when we get to Houston later on. If you don't hit shots and you do nothing else, then your game is very reliant on the shooting. Nine points, one three, 30% shooting, three rebounds, two assists. The minutes are solid, but he's just not a good fantasy player. He's a streamer for points and threes. He's still outside the top 200 for the season. And that's that's it. That's, that's who he is. He's uh, and rather incomplete, a rather incomplete NBA player. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. All of us here, would love to be an NBA GM. We play fantasy basketball. We love making trades. We love building teams. And that is exactly what the ultimate pro basketball GM game can do. You manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team, hopefully, to glory. You're responsible for hiring your coaches, for hiring the assistants, for setting up training, for trading for players, for signing free agents, making your draft picks, and every little thing that you would do with a professional basketball team throughout a season. You go in there, you can actually create little leagues with your friends as well and see who's able to advance to the championship and and win titles first. All of that stuff is there and it's free to play. You don't need to be online to do it. So you can play whenever you want, wherever you want as well. Locked On Fantasy Basketball listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. You can scan the code on the screen or you can look it up in the app store. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Uh, Let's do the second game where I think we know the result. I think we know the result. The Warriors did win the game, 127-125, but the Mavericks are going to be protesting the result because there was a bizarre incident. I tweeted onto my timeline where the Warriors and Mavericks were just lined up on different ends of the court and the the Warriors just got the ball and just laid it straight in. And Mark Cuban saying that they they were given the ball, then there was a timeout, and then for some reason during the timeout, the referees changed possession of the ball to the Warriors and never told the Mavericks, and they just let them score easy points. Now, I feel like that's heavily slanted in Dallas's favor. It's weird to me that the Mavericks guys, no one was actually lined up ready to take an inbounds pass in that situation. Um, given that it was an out-of-bounds call under the Warriors' basket, why were they all down the other end of the court? why does, if they were still walking back from the timeout, why the hell did the referees let the game play? The referees are shocking. There's a lot of bullshit that they do. This could be absolutely egregious or it could be egregious from old mate Jason Kidd, who's just a terrible coach. That's possible as well. I don't know what the actual explanation is. There's screen grabs of the ref pointing in the Warriors' direction on the out-of-bounds call. So maybe Mark Cuban's talking shit. I don't know. And at the time, we maybe we'll find out more of this later on. But this is what we know at this point. From a fantasy point of view, um, I don't think anything's going to change in terms of results or stats in the game, but hey, we'll find out. Draymond Green was amazing in this one, 25 minutes only. He had five fouls, but 14, four and eight, three steals and four blocks. That's one of the best fantasy games that you'll see of the day. Like, that's just ridiculous. Well, John Kaminga, 31 minutes, 22 points, two steals. Now, he is on a heater in terms of field goal percentage, 82%. You'll notice there's not a huge amount else. Three, the two steals are good, but three rebounds and one assist. He is a putrid rebounder at this point. He did hit two threes, but his last couple of games, he's been getting like 70, 80% shooting, which is definitely fueling his minutes and fueling his production. So while he's okay, if you want to stream him in, if he has a night where he goes four of nine, he might play 20 minutes and then have five, five, two, and one. And that's useless, right? It's just not, a, it's nowhere near as good. So it is reliant on some very, very high shooting. 
Steph had 20 and 5 with 13 assists while Looney did his thing 28 minutes, 12 and 12. And DiVincenzo, yeah, three games in a row under 25 minutes. 14 points, four threes, steal, one assist, two steals. Still a good game. But the minutes here are troubling. Now, I think that's Kaminga getting extra playing time. And if Kaminga wasn't hitting every single shot he took, maybe Dante's minutes would push back up. So I would like to hold him a little bit here. Wasn't great from Clay, just the nine points on nine shots. While um, only 26 minutes for Poulos, he continues to sort of get limited. 16 points on 46% is not bad. He didn't hit a three, though. He had six assists. It's, it's fine, but he is just barely holding on to being a top 100 player this season, which is which is a little bit uh, frustrating. A little bit frustrating. For the Mavs, they were without Kyrie and Tim Hardaway, and they just fully lent into Jaden Hardy. 25 minutes, 27 points, six triples, a steal, and a block. Now, there have been plenty of games where Hardy gets zero minutes for no reason whatsoever. A couple of games ago, he played like five minutes in a game that Luca was out. So it's really, really hard for us to project this. We know that when um, Western Conference Cam Thomas plays, he will get shots up and he will score. This is what he does. But it's just trying to predict when kid will play him. That's the tough thing. It does appear that he's got somewhat of a role, but Kyrie and Hardaway were out. So what does that mean as we move forward? I don't know if I fully trust this. Doncic, 41 minutes in his first game back. Cool. 30 and 7, 17 assists. Didn't shoot that well from either the field. In fact, he was bad from the field and from the line. While we got 25 crucifix minutes. Christian Wood had 19, 4 and 4 with a steal and a block. Again, the big test here is going to be what happens to um, Wood's minutes when Irving and Doncic play together. We haven't really seen that soon. We haven't really seen that um, uh, happen recently at all, which you know, makes it hard to understand what's going to happen as we move forward. Josh Green was okay. 12 points, two threes, two steals. Like, it's all right, but I wouldn't be like, oh, we've got to have him again. Kyrie and Hardaway are probably going to crush any upside there. Well, Reggie Bullock is a three-point streamer. He's sort of there for that. 15 points, five threes. Played 39 minutes. Hitting them at a really good rate. He was 63% overall shooting here. He doesn't do anything else, but he is hitting them at a, at a good rate now. Well, Justin Holiday got 23 minutes and Dwight Powell, 19. We also got 29 Muxy Kleber minutes as a starter. He's not really any sort of fantasy option, but he is getting that playing time, which again, is important for us to pay some attention to. The next game was the Indiana Pacers going up to Toronto and beating the Raptors 118-114. Uh, the Raptors aren't serious, honestly. Some of the stuff they do is so confusing. For Indiana, though, Rick Carlisle just doesn't care. <laughs> I don't think. like He's just like, whatever. We'll have some fun. Halliburton was upgraded to questionable and didn't play. Um, Duarte didn't play. They've got um, two more games coming up in the next three nights. I would have to expect that Halliburton sits one of those back-to-backs on uh, the Friday-Saturday combination. Again, always like preemptively dropping like a McConnell when we don't know that Halliburton is returning is always a risky proposition, especially with that strong three-game in four-night stretch that they have. Not to say that McConnell played a lot here, 22 minutes, 14 points, seven assists, two steals, and a block, but you still take 14, one, and seven with two steals. Like, that's still great. They went with... And the reason I say Carl is not taking it serious is he's went, all right, you guys, we're headed into Canada. Let's let's do something fun, huh? Let's make it so that it's the first NBA lineup with three Canadians starting. O'Shea Brissett, you're starting over Aaron Neesmith. Um, Matherin, you're starting, and Nempard, you're starting. Let's go. Let's let's break the record. Most Canadians, eh? That's what they did. And that's honestly, like, I thought, hmm, maybe this is what it is. And then Carlo basically said, yeah. I just went to Aaron and said, as, can you sit down, mate? Uh, we're going to try the three three Canadians. I went, sweet, let's do it. Brissett had nine points in 23 minutes, probably play zero minutes next game. And it's making that front court rotation, again, really confusing. Because uh, what do we take out of this? We've got 23 out of Brissett. We got 26 out of Neesmith as a reserve, even though when he starts, he never gets to that number. We got 
only, what, 18 minutes out of Nuora, despite scoring 10 points. And then Jalen Smith played 10 minutes after playing 20 last game. You can't trust this shit. That's two games in a row there for Isaiah Jackson as the backup center. So does he go back to playing zero next game while um, Smith takes over the backup role? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to remain confusing for a while. As for some of the bigger performances, let's go to Miles Turner, who once again fouled out. Just cannot stop fouling this bloke. 16 and 7 with a block, while Matherin had 15 points with a steal and a block. Good to get some defense there from old Humpty Dumpty. He only took five shots, but he did get to the line six times. Solid enough game. If you're looking for points, he's okay. Otherwise, I have some doubts about the viability there. Andrew Nembhard went off. 25 points, 10 assists, 65% shooting. That's just... It's cool. Like, that's cool and all. But I don't care. Like, I'm not rushing to add Nembhard with Halliburton's maybe return coming. And even if Halliburton was out the rest of the season, which some people think seem to think is a possibility, I don't think it is. I don't trust Nembhard to do this because I know he's not a 65% shooter. He got zero free throws, and he's not even going to play 35 a night every night necessarily. He's fine to have. But he's just a back-end guy that you roll the dice and you'll get some stinkers. Go back and look at his last game. I'm pretty sure it was dreadful. But he went crazy here. For the Raptors, they were without Scotty Barnes. We went, all right, cool. That means Gary Trent's going to go big here. Well, he was also out. And the big sneeze pressures of Chua was, Chua was out. So we just had some wild lines. Remember when Thad Young was getting minutes? Well, he got zero in this one. And they decided, in all of their wisdom, to play a guy who honestly hasn't been an NBA caliber player for a single second all season. They started this man, Will Barton. The power of being a veteran is pretty crazy. He has been dreadful all season. Four points, 23 minutes, 25% shooting. I just... Try Jeff Doughton, mate. Look, Doughton played six minutes. He's been much better than Barton all season. Try Flynn. He had eight points in 18 minutes. Try anything. Try, I was going to say try, try Joe Wieskamp, but he was out of this game. Put Ron Harper in. Will Barton's done, mate. He's cooked. Their rotation was, again, huge minutes for the big names. 40 minutes for Siakam, 31, 10, and 7. Van Vliet played 43 minutes, 28, 2, and 11 with two steals on 32% shooting, which is bad. The free throws were good. And then with all those guys out, we got a big Boucher game. 11 and 6, one steal, three blocks for the wiki. That's great. You would have expected a little bit of extra stuff for him with those three rotation players out. Achua was a borderline rotation player. But this is not an indication necessarily to go and add Boucher. I think you can if you have an understanding that you might just drop him straight away because if Barnes and Trent play next game, then Boucher is not going to have any use at all. He's going to play like 19 minutes and be nowhere near useful. That's that's the risk right, of, of adding someone like that. But if they remain out, then there's a ton of value there in him. And that is hard to try and pass through. Ananobi, we had him on the buy low, sell high show, and uh, the sell high slump slapped him in the dick. But what about Scarves? OG. Balenciaga stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Seven points, 15% shooting, 37 minutes, four steals. Don't often get a drop that aggressive, but what he was doing was absolutely insane and had zero chance of sticking in any realm of possibility. And it didn't. Pirtle had 23 and 8 with two steals and two blocks and went three of nine from the line, so that hurts. But the other stuff there was obviously pretty awesome. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. 
And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers, even three-pointers drained. You go and have a look at some odds for the four games tomorrow. The Cavs are only four-point favorites on the road against the Nets. Again, it just doesn't feel like it's enough. If you think that it's not enough, you can go and place that bet over on Fangio. And Fangio also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to Fangio.com slash locked on. That's Fangio.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fangio, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's do the next game. We probably want to pick the pace up here. I'm going to be going for hours. The Miami Heat 127 beat the New York Knickerbockers 120. Interesting that we see Emmanuel quickly play 19 minutes, five points, two steals, 13% shooting. Terrible game. Terrible game. He had been trending down in a massive hurry. But hold until tomorrow. That's their last game of the week. And then... Get that garbage out of here! It was a good game from Grimes. 26 minutes for Grimey. This briefcase and this haircut. 22 points with six triples. He benefited. Well, he got the, the nod there over quickly. Again, we don't trust it at all. At all. And we don't trust RJ Barrett, who was. I, I'm harsh on RJ. He was good. 26-6-5. Of course, he had no defensive stats. But going 62 from the field and 7 of 7 from the line is a real special from RJ. But again, after tomorrow, I drop him. I don't care to hold. I do the same with Mitch Robinson, even though he had three blocks, 10 and 8 in 25 minutes. Three days left in a playoff matchup with no games coming out of that roster spot. Get me someone else. Let me get me someone else into that roster spot. Now, I, oh, yeah, get me someone else. Fine, it's zero games versus two games into that roster spot. Or if you use it correctly and you've got the waiver edge, you can get three games. It's a no-brainer. Hartenstein didn't do anything. Two and two were stealing a block. If you do have him, is it a waste to drop him for tomorrow? Probably yes, unless you can actually really benefit on that. But what's the difference? You hold him there in that roster spot and you get... You know, he plays Thursday, then you can use that spot for three more three more games for the rest of the week. Or you drop him and you can get four more games with, with using an extra ad. I'm not sure that really makes sense. Randall was definitely not at his best. 15 points, nine assists, missed his only free throw, 44 from the field. It's a big come down from the big performance last time out. For the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, 35, four and nine with four steals is huge. Because he's my butler. And Hero was actually also super efficient, 22 points on 62%. Bam wasn't, 46% only, but 15, 7, and 3 is okay. But I was really impressed with um, Kyle Lowry. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. 14, 4, and 3, two threes, 24 minutes, 56% shooting. They've only got one more game this week as well. And I don't feel I don't need to add him because of that. But he looks okay in that bench role. There's also a good game from Gabe Vincent, who had 19 points in 25, but I'm definitely not looking at that. Oladipo remains out of the rotation. Hmm? While Kevin Love had 6-4-4, four, and four, we do not roster him. We do not roster Caleb Martin outside of streaming. He had 5-5, five and five, while the Winter Soldier played 32 minutes, and he has taken the Oladipo playing time, Max Drews. 11 points for him with three threes on 80% shooting, but not a huge amount of interest for me in using him outside of Deepers. I don't know how much do I need to talk about this game. I'm going to fly through it. The Spurs lose by 20, 36 against the Bucks, 130-94. The spread was 17.5. You could have doubled it, and the Bucks still would have covered. The Spurs sat Calden Johnson, Trey Jones, Devontae Graham, Doug McDermott, Ken Birch, Romeo Langford. Cool. What do, what do I take out of this? And then they sat blokes mid-game. Zach Collins played 23 minutes. Sohan played 23 minutes. 
Brannon played 25, and Sandro Mamakalishvili played 28. What I take out of it is I probably hold Mamu. 12 and 7 with two blocks. Two more games this week. Hold him. Remember I told you on one of the shows, just maybe it was the Waverwire show today. You're going to have to, if you're in a deep league, just remember the name Julian Champagne. 26 minutes, eight points, two threes, and a block. Now that doesn't blow anybody. Sorry, it doesn't blow anybody away. But it makes a difference in a 20-team league. Sohan had 13, 6, and 3. One of two from the line is not awesome, pretty obviously. Zohan, now! And Collins had 12 and 7 with steal and a block. Vassell, 16, 4 and 4, two steals and a block on inefficient shooting. I don't know whether these guys play all two games the rest of the week. I have no faith in anything going on with this team. And we've just got to attack it game by game. Branham, though, showing that, yeah, he's not really a category guy. 4, 4 and 3, and Wesley was better, but worse at the same time. 6, 5 and 6 for Blake Wesley on 17% shooting. Both of those guys, just brutal. And I don't think you need to worry about them in 12s. For the Bucks, what do we do? Like 24 minutes for Giannis, cool. 31 and 14. Middleton was good. Ingles had 14 points. Portis got 25 minutes because of the blowout and Jay Crowder's absence. And I take... Honestly, nothing out of this game. Like, there's just nothing to look at from this Bucks team. It's going to go back to the same stuff. If Crowder plays, Portis is probably under 20 next game, and everyone just goes back and does their thing, and this game is a blip. We also got four steals out of Grayson Allen. So congratulations if you streamed him in. That ends up being a W that you didn't really expect. Next one is the Rockets and the Memphis Grizzlies. 130 Memphis, 125 Houston. The Filipino legend Jalen Green, 32 points in 37 minutes. This is what I talked about earlier. That is undoubtedly great. Three threes, great. Love it. But his game is so, so reliant on the ball going in. He's 56th over the last week. Great. We saw him put on a real clinic at the end of last season with high scoring. But can you do something else that's not scoring? Three rebounds, three assists, zero steals, zero blocks. Nine of nine from the line is good. He's really starting to put some stuff together. But if he has a nine of 29% shooting... There's nothing to back it up. There's no rebounds. There's no assists. There's no volume of steals or blocks. Nothing. You get an occasional trickle. And that's why his numbers just go up and down so much. Good to see KJ Martin with a big one. 31 and 6 with two blocks on 67% shooting. He had fallen off a little bit, but this is back on track. While 14, 10, and 10 for cousin Kevin Porter. And the delicate dancer, Alperen Shangun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Um... 25, 8, and 4, two steals. 73% shooting. Now, he got fouls, and credit to Steven Silas, he fouled out of this game. But Silas just basically let him play through it. So he missed a couple of minutes at the end. But Silas does this, which I wish, wish, wish more coaches would. And back to the Porzingis thing earlier on, I had a look. Porzingis had three fouls 30 seconds into the second quarter, and then unselled legendary bad coach Wes Unseld decided not to play him for the rest of that second half. And of course, he got zero fouls for the rest of the game. Coaches love sitting players to prevent them fouling out and so they just foul them out anyway. Well, I'm not going to let you foul out. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to reduce your minutes so that you don't get your minutes reduced. Bang. But Silas doesn't do that sometimes. He has done it in the past for Shengun, but he's letting him play through it. Great. 25-8-4 with two steals. Jabari Smith, we love that you know, he's not a disaster anymore. This is not a, it's not a terrible game. 16 and 5, 4 threes, a steal. I would have liked a few more minutes. Well, Tari Eason got 27 minutes. Some of that is Shengun failing out. Some of that is Jay Sean Tate not playing. But 5 and 8, ugh, I, I, mm, he's very hard to trust at the moment. In fact, I would not be labeling him as a must roster player. On to the, uh, on to the Grizzlies. Ja Morant returned and came off the bench and played 24 minutes. Like the bloke wasn't injured, he was out 10 games. 
he, he played like he played fewer minutes than Carl Anthony Towns, who came back after missing 120 days with a obliterated calf muscle. Jar went to a camp, counseling camp in Florida. Why is he on such a heavy minutes limit? Why is he coming off the bench? I, I, what? I know that there's a lot of sports science and all that stuff, but that feels bizarre. Like, honestly bizarre. 17, 4, and 5, two steals and a block. Great. Now, Tyus Jones played 27 minutes, 14, 3, and 7. This is why we wanted to hold through this first game because the other thing that happened is that Dylan Brooksy Brooks didn't play. He was suspended. So they played Tyus and Jar together. I don't know whether Jar will start next game, so I'd want to hold Tyus until then. But this game had the double impact of limited minutes for Jar and coming off the bench, plus Brooks being out that enabled Tyus to put up a good line. And he still only played 27 minutes. That's a worry as we move forward. Desi Bain was on the buy low, sell high show, and he uh, had 20 points with seven assists. Good for him. And Jaron Jackson's on a gigantic tear at the moment. 37 and 10, a steal, two blocks, 35 minutes, 70% shooting, big usage. He's turning into a dominant offensive force somehow. 10th ranked player over the last week. Bloody hell. He's killing it. They started David Roddy Piper um, in place of Brooks. 25 minutes, don't react to it. He won't start next game. While Tillman, only 19 minutes for the cashier. Xavier Tillman is uh, ready to be jacked. Get that garbage out of here! Interestingly, they didn't really give big minutes to Santi Aldama. They got 14 Kenny Lofton Jr. minutes for some reason, but they just said, all right, Jaron, like, you're center now. Let's go. Yeah, good. He dominated. Awesome. Let's see what that means moving forward, but I would have zero confidence now with this happening, um, for Tillman to remain as a holdable player. The Sixers smashed the Bulls. I think at one point it was 23 to 1. 1. I looked at okay, 1. What are you talking about? 1. The Bulls did narrow it a little bit, but it was over really quickly. 116-91, the final score. Joel Embiid did not return in the second half. At first, they said he's not coming back because of the score differential, i.e. they were kicking their ass. And they said later, no, he actually had calf tightness. And both he and not a Dr. Rivers are saying they're downplaying it. But Rivers is the biggest medical liar in the entire NBA. Not only does he use a fake title, but he also lies about the status of his players nonstop. I don't think there's anything to worry about. And they were up like 35 points or whatever it was, but we've always got to be worried about it. Embiid had 12 and seven, seven assists in the first half. Melton, there was no Jim Harden in this game. So DeAnthony had 25, four and four, three steals, a block, four threes. They have a back-to-back coming up Friday, Saturday. And I don't think Harden's playing both of those. So Melton, great. I would have thought, though, that without Jimmy Harden, without Jalen McDaniels, that we would have got more Shake Milton. We did not. 18 minutes, 5 points. He was trending into 25 minutes a night. All right, this is something to watch. And now, for whatever reason, dropped way off. So you can drop him way off as well. Paul Reed was the guy that started the second half with him beat out. He is firmly ensconced as the backup. Ensconced? Not right word. In, entrenched as the backup center. Six and four with a steal and a block. The de- deep leagues would love the defensive stats that he brings. Well, Georgie Niang went back to being a good three-point streamer, three triples, 11 points, and Maxi had 21, five, and four. On to the bull side of things. I guess the concern is here. DeMar DeRozan left this game with a thigh issue. He lost five games earlier this season with that thigh issue. And there was a thing that I talked about on one of the buy low sell highs a couple of weeks ago, talking about DeRozan, how for some reason the shots just weren't going in. Couldn't hit free throws. And I said, maybe there's an injury here. And I do think this is what is going on. I don't know whether he is going to be um, 
missing time here, but you're reading some tweets. The Bulls' concern is more about it's something he has to manage and maybe he will be slowed down. We've already seen him be slowed down, so maybe he misses games, but I just think we're going to see somewhat of a depleted DeMar DeRozan with this thigh injury that has been bothering him for quite a while, it seems. Well, not it seems. Like he's told us that it's been bothering him for quite a while. Um, Andre Drummond, for some reason, had 13 and 12 with two blocks in 17 minutes. It's just, again, blowout stuff gave him some extra playing time. Vooch only played 25 minutes here, and it's really hard to assess this. Alex Caruso, we were told he was playing, and then it was like, aha, nah. In fact, I've actually got a sound for that. Alex Caruso, we were told he was playing, but... Psych! That's the wrong number! And then he was out. And then they went back and started Patrick Williams, and he played 21 minutes. Patrick Beverly had one of the worst games you'll ever see. 0 of 5 from the field for 19 points, so 19 minutes and no points. Um, but still, if Caruso does remain out with his foot sprain, it was always weird that he was in so quickly. Uh, Beverly and White are options. They lent heavily into the bench. So um, Kobe White played 33 minutes, 19-3-3. And Desumu played 32 minutes, 14-2-4 with two steals. I have more faith in White's minutes than I do in Desumu's. But if DeRozan misses, I reckon they might actually chuck Desumu back into the starting lineup. But I don't care that much in 12-10 leagues. He's a bad permanent fantasy producer that we don't need to get excited about really in any sense at all. The next game is the Atlanta Hawks and the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Wolves win it 125-124. No DeJounte Murray again with that illness. So they started Bogdan Bogdanovich and he was mid. 11-3-2 with a steal and two blocks. And he'll go back to playing 22 minutes and being mid in that role. Speaking of mid, DeAndre Hunter had 16-4. and And he is a horrible fantasy league player, a category league player. 16 points looks great on the surface. I mean, he scored 16, Josh. He did. He did. He's also 174th in category leagues this season and 195th over the last two weeks because he just does nothing in any other area. Consistently does nothing. He needs 36 minutes to even be sniffing 12-team league value, and he's not getting them. Both him and Bogdanovich can just be moved on from. You do not, you don't have to drop them, but they do not have to be held on to. Okongwu, love it. 14 and 7, three blocks. Even more impressive when you see that he did it in 19 minutes and had five fouls in like 13 minutes. I think he's going to be an absolute monster at some point, and it's probably next season. But we didn't get a real idea of the minute situation here because of his fouls. Capella was still pretty good, 11 and 8. What about the depressed penis, though? Under 20 minutes, which is a giant red flag. Giant red flag. Two games in a row, under 20 minutes. But he scored 16 points. 16 and 6 with four threes is undoubtedly very strong. And I undoubtedly do not care. I am not adding a wing who is as inconsistent as Bay is if he's playing under 20 minutes a night. I'm just not. Last two games, he scored really well in that role. I just don't think there's any use in that. Trey Young had 29-2-8. Cool, but bad shooting. Well, the Baptist, Johnny Collins, played 33. He is sort of getting back. Yeah, 16-5, 78% shooting. It was great because it was a prolonged slump, but he's getting back. For the Wolves, we have to go to Carl Anthony Towns. 119 days out, I think it was. Played 26 minutes. That is a lot. I did not expect that. Didn't, I thought he'd be playing 21, 22, 26, 22 points, 36 usage, four rebounds, two threes, two steals. But we have to remember that Anthony Edwards did not play. So while that is a very, very strong game from Towns, he has one more game this week. And if Edwards plays in that game, is it worth having? The question you've got to ask, if this is your last week, is it worth holding Towns for one game for the rest of the week? The fact that he played 26 minutes here takes me from where I was where I'd be like, I don't think it's worth it. But now I go, maybe he does play 29-30 in the next game and that might make it worth it. But it's still iffy. It's still iffy. 
McDaniels, 36 minutes, 25, 6, and 4 with two blocks. When anyone's been out this season, he has never done anything important. He's never changed his game or upped his usage, except when Edwards has been out, he has taken on more responsibility, and it's worked out well, and he is really starting to fly at the moment. It's about a week or week or so of games. Well, since Edwards has been out, he's putting up big ones, and it's great. Prince was not able to continue his 100% shooting. He played 28 minutes, but he's just going to get wiped out when uh, Edwards comes back. 15 points for him with two threes. Don't worry about him in a 12-team, especially with one game left. While Kyle Anderson played 36 minutes. Nine, three, and seven. Now, the conundrum here for Anderson is, again, one more game this week. But his role was secure. I don't think he stays at this level at all when Edwards comes back, because that's another complicating factor here. And Towns has still got eight more minutes to roll up to his peak number, which I don't think he gets to quite that soon. So while this is great, it's encouraging for Anderson to play that many minutes. Not sure that he needs to be held on to. What about the Wizard of Nas? Nas Reed. 26 minutes, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 2 steals. An unfathomably good game. 29 usage, 73% shooting. That is fluky shit. He has not really played a huge amount next to centers this season. And in previous iterations of this team, when Gobert and Towns were healthy early in the season, he just didn't play at times. He just never saw the court. So it was definitely a change here. They just went super big. Like Anderson and Prince playing the two big, or McDaniels. Like their bench rotation was... In terms of guards, 17 minutes for Alexander Walker and 8 minutes for Noel, while they pump minutes into Nas Reed and Torian Prince, who are you know, center and power forward players. They just went hyper big. So that is that what they're going to do every game? They didn't play Austin Rivers at all. Jordan McLaughlin was out. Edwards was out. There are a lot of things here that are hard to understand how it works as we move forward. The Reed stuff worked here. But I don't, with one game left, I wouldn't want to be staking my chips on like, yep, we're going to get that again from Reed, and it's going to be enough in one game to make up for holding onto him. I don't think that's accurate. Obviously, we dropped Noel with zero points in eight minutes if for some reason. Um, we had him on our team. So the next game, the tanking legend Portland Trailblazers beat the Jazz, 127-115. Trendon Watford played 35 minutes, 21-9, five assists, one steal, two blocks. He's got to be rostered. I still... I don't believe that Grant or Simons are returning. You got to roster him. Shaden Sharp was the surprise starter over Cam Reddish. And by surprise, I mean that the first time Simons went down, we went, all right, they're going to start Shaden Sharp. Um, Cam Reddish is there for shits and giggles. But instead, they just decided to keep leaning into Reddish. And I keep saying, I don't really understand why. This was awesome from Sharp. 24, 9, and 3, 4 steals and 4 triples. His fantasy game has been dreadful. He's played rotation minutes, 20 minutes a night, all season, and he's not a top 300 player. That's that's relatively hard to do. But he turned it on here. If you don't believe Simons is coming back for the season, I wouldn't mind a grab. Lillard had 37 and 12. Good night game. And Nurkic played 31 minutes as well. 20 and 4, stealing a block. I still think Nurkic is going to shut it down later in the season, but this was great. While Reddish played 21 minutes. Yuck. Okay, well, we readjust, we reassess. We thought Reddish would get the nod, considering literally last game he started at power forward over Trenton Watford. Now, he was shithouse in that role, but he did do that. 11, a triple one. I don't mind a hold in 12s, but I don't have to do it. Thibault, this, again, he is not going to do much more than what he does. Six, four, and two, two steals and a block. Congratulations, that's a good game because you've got two steals and a block. This is what he does. 
Anything else that comes is a complete bonus and completely unreliable. They also gave 25 minutes to Kevin Knox, so that's a thing. 10 and 5 for him, you might want to look at that in deeper formats. But this team, much like the Spurs, I think is just going to be really, really hard to try and project, trying to figure out who's in, who's out, when they're in, when they're out. Are they actually out? Are they returning? What's happening with Jeremy Grant? What's happening with Simons? What's happening with Winslow? What's happening with Lillard? What's happening with Nurkic? Is Sharp going to start or are they going to go with Reddish? Are we going to have Watford starting or is he going to be too good? Like, What are they going to do here? You think Watford's the guy you've got to have? You've got to consider Sharp. But... That's one game. Like I've also seen lots of games where he's played and done nothing. But he's going to get opportunities here. And this is a very interesting time for Shaden. I would be okay with taking a flyer there. Um, Eubanks played six minutes. Like what? He was getting like 20 a night. And he didn't get any. Because they went to Knox and then Watford slid across to the four. Oh, to the five, sorry. So that's interesting. That's interesting. For the Jazz, Larry Markkinen came back and did everything. 40 and 12, four triples, 61% shooting. We loved that. We loved it. And therefore, my man, Oshai Baji, who I told you is not a good fantasy player in general, had seven points in 32 minutes. He hit two threes. He had three assists. He shot 29%. It's always important to pay attention to why things happen or what is real. Now, if Markkinen does miss more time, then Abaji will get fed more usage and it will help. But he tied the thing in that we said we say all the time. Increased opportunity with unsustainable shooting leads to a game where everyone starts frothing. They start fluffing. They start Dutch ruddering. They start rusty tromboning. That happens all the time. And you see, man, I can't believe the Cavs gave up on Oshai Abaji. Man, yeah, I, I can. Like, he's all right. Like, he's all right. But he's not that good. But he is, they are going to give him good minutes rest of the season, and there's going to be streaming ability there. And I will maintain my stance that I think he's like a Corey Kispert-level player for fantasy. Points and threes with inconsistency in other areas. With Horton Tucker not in as much foul trouble, still had four. He played more minutes than Chris Dunn, 11, 4, and 7, while Dunn had 15, 6, and 3. Both guys are 12-team league players. But what we saw from Dunn last game wasn't a passing of the torch across to Dunn. Context is very important. And I try to provide as much context as I can when I'm talking. Um, Alinek had 12 and 10. I don't know if he plays out the season, but that was really strong. Well, Kessler, only 24 minutes for him. Um, disappointing. Eight and five, but still had three blocks. Well, as a BUK, was in the rotation still. Didn't do as well as last game, but did block two shots, which is important for deeper league players. Simone Fontecchio started last game, but in this one had five points on 29% because he is wildly inconsistent. And even if he was to start, if Markkinen was out, I wouldn't be all that excited about his role and value as we move forward. So a few, not even home truths, but a few like slaps in the face about ooh, what we expect out of Jazz guys. Um, even some positive slaps in the face we get from the Blazers where even that, but like looking at that Watford or more importantly, that sharp line, we could be back here next game and seeing him have 12-1-1 with 40% shooting. Distinctly a possibility, even if he does play 30 minutes, because that is just what these players are like. Let's do the final game of the day. The Suns lose again to the Lakers. 122-111, the final score of obviously no Kevin Durant. Devin Booker played 41 minutes. Seems like too many. 33-6-5, he was absolutely unbelievable. 83% from the line on 12 attempts. 69 from the field. Giggity. He was great. Chris Paul had some foul trouble. That kept him at 30 minutes. 18-4-4. and 47% shooting. I thought campaign played really well, but only 14 minutes. 
Very confusing coaching from Monty Williams. 7-2-2, two two, one steal, two blocks. I thought he played well. He was a plus five in a game they lost by 11. Chris Paul was in foul trouble. Weird. Very weird. Josh Okoge stunk. 20 minutes. Five points. Zero of five shooting. Got to the line six times. But this is the problem with relying upon players who are bad. I'm talking about the Suns and I'm talking about us in fantasy. He is not a very good player. He has bounced around the league for these reasons. He is a terrible shooter. He had a very, very hot streak of shooting, but it's just unlikely to last. And when you are a bad player, like a Kogi is, who has improved this season, but when you are a player like that and you have a night that's off, the coach has seven other guys who are the same level of player they can just put in there. So he just went with TJ Warren and Jock Land, not Jock Landale, um, Tory Cray got minutes. Landry Shamet played 26 minutes. Um, and that limits what a Kogi can do. His upside is already fairly limited. I don't mind if you have him, but you just got to look at him more as a specialist for assists, or sorry, for steals and whatever else is a bonus. With no Aiton, we got 26 Biombo minutes. He did what you needed. 75% shooting, eight rebounds, two blocks. If you added Biombo, it was for those things specifically, and he delivered on it. Landry Shamet played 29 minutes. It's too many for Landry Shamet. 15 points, three threes, and two steals. He was okay, and I'm definitely not considering adding him. Um, not much else to talk about there. We got a bonus 20 minutes of TJ Warren for... I don't know, some sort of reason. He's uh, He feels actually cooked as a player. The Lakers made a change to their starting lineup. Austin Reeves did start. Took us 70 games to get here, but he did start. And they moved Malik Beasley to the bench, not Troy Brown. Reeves was great again. 39 minutes, led the team. 25, 4, and 11. 60% shooting. Got to the line 13 times. 12 of 13. His ability to get to the line has been immense. He is a must-roster player, amazingly. Russell had 26 one and six with two blocks. Davis had 27, nine and five. Really good performances. Vanderbilt was all right, but I don't think that he's a must roster player. 13 and four is fine. 100% shooting is great, but he still just hovers in that barely there specialist type zone. Hold him by all means, but he doesn't have to be. Same with Schroeder. 13, four and two in 29 minutes for Dennis off the bench. He's too up and down and the percentages are too all over the shop. While Beasley played only 20 minutes coming off the bench. So you can very, very obviously jack him. Um, trade deadline legend Rui Hachimura had zero points in 13 minutes and yeah, look, he's, he's not good. As we've mentioned many, many times, he is very, just very much not a good NBA player. And I, I, but I've, again, I've historically been down on Rui as a, as a player and as a prospect, my opinion's not changing. I wonder if, uh, your guy's opinion is coming to meet me at that end with things with Rui. Not much else to talk about here. Winning Gabriel only 16 minutes, so any sort of stream value you might have thought you had there doesn't really exist. He's only a deeper league sort of a player. Maybe 16 teams. That's about it. Lines of the night. Monstrous goes to the big chungus himself. Nikola Jokic. Your waiver wire line of the night is Trendon Watford. The young gun is Austin Reeves. And the dart of the night is Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Top 10 players in category leagues. Number one was Jokic, followed by number two, Markkinen. And I didn't mention this with Markkinen, or maybe I did, but I don't think I did. He did hurt his hand in that game. And then after the game, he said that he had an x-ray on it and it was clean, but both he and Will Hardy seemed to uh, be laying some groundwork there for him to miss some time. Um, yeah, questionable with the, the hand issue. He's already dealing with a back problem. They said, oh, we'll see. Might feel sore in the morning. I, yeah, there's no break, but I would expect there is going to be a problem there for Markkinen. Jaron Jackson, number three on the top 10 player list. Draymond at four. Jim Butler, six. Siakam, seven. Reeves at, uh, sorry, Siakam, six. Butler, five. What am I talking about? Butler, five. Siakam, six. Reeves, seven. Trended Watford, eight. 
And another interesting quote in the post game from Nas or about Nas Reed from Towns and from Finch saying, we've got to make two centers work. Huh. They played so big. They played two centers and two power forwards on the court together so much of the time. And with Edwards back, that'll change. But they made a real point of saying, we need to get this two center thing to work. So it makes me think that early in the season, Reed wasn't playing really at all in games. And now it makes me think he's going to get 20 a night. Does that change my opinion on whether he's a must-roster player? I still think he's not a must-roster guy, but that quote was a little eye-opening. I still think, again, if we play the, the 240 game, where we try and fit enough rotation minutes into everybody when Edwards' 35 comes back, it does make it really hard to get enough minutes out of Reed to be useful. But that was an enlightening quote that they are going to get lean into him. So it means guys like um, Jalen Noel or Jordan McLaughlin or Torian Prince or even Kyle Anderson might lose some playing time here in order to get Reed 20, 21 minutes. It is something to think about. De'Anthony Melton came in at number 10 on that list. Your top 10 players in category leagues, or sorry, top 10 rostered under 50% players. Trenton Watford at one. Nas Reed at two. Just talked about him at length. Reed's at must add. Shaden Sharp, probably want to grab him. I love what he did. Not sure it sticks, but I love what he did. Andrew Nembhard, I'm very on the fence with that. Jaden Hardy, I did not expect him to do what he did. I got that one wrong. Um, I don't know what to expect when Kyrie returns and Hardaway returns. They're two guys who play his position who will take shots. So I don't think he's an ad. Kaminga probably is. Love what he's doing. Andre Drummond, big avocado. No. Avdia, yes, but expect a big drop off with the shooting. It is not going to stay there. Quentin Grimes, absolutely not. And Grayson Allen, also absolutely not. Your top 10 players in points leagues for today. Number one was Jimmy Butler, followed by Jokic, Doncic, Jaron Jackson, Siakam, Markinen, Lillard, Giannis, Sharp, and that's Shaden Sharp. We're going to have a lot of Sharp talk here. Dayron and Shaden over the next couple of days. And Draymond Green at number 10. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget... Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. You thumb it up and you leave those sexy comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.